Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. Do you remember your first day of work? Maybe it was exciting and full of dreaming about the future and meshing with your teammates. Or maybe it was on the other end of things and it was full of nerves and you felt like you were tiptoeing around coworkers who made it pretty clear there wasn't room in their unofficial groups for you. And it didn't really get much better after a while of working there. Company culture is something that is consistently a topic of conversation among professionals, and unfortunately, usually not for a positive reason. (laughs) The goal of any company is to have unified teams working in a belonging environment, and it's an amazing goal for sure, but it's one of those easier said than done situations a lot of the time, but it really doesn't need to be. If you think your company could feel a bit more belonging, there is something you can do about it, whether you're a leader or just a team member. Joining me today to talk all about belonging culture and why it's important for any size company to prioritize is Trina Lee. Trina is a nonprofit professional who leads the U.S. sponsorship team for Africa New Life, which is transforming the lives of over 10,000 students in Rwanda. Trina is also part of the Forward team as manager of the Forward Mentor Program, and she has personally paired over 500 mentor pairs. She's been part of Forward since 2011 and serves on the Forward Portland local group leadership team, and I've worked with her ever since I've started. So it's awesome to have her on here with me. So Trina, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Jordan. So Trina, in your words, how would you define a belonging culture in a company? I think a belonging culture is one in which you are known, valued, and you are engaged. Um, I think they say that you spend a third of our lifetime working And so if I'm going to be spending that much of my time someplace, I want to feel like I'm known both for my strengths and my weaknesses. I want to feel like I'm valued for what I'm contributing to the organization. And then I also want to feel like I'm really engaged in the the vision and the mission of the organization. And so I think those are some attributes uh, that tie into what it means to feel like a belonging culture. Now, have you ever worked at a company that maybe didn't have the most inviting culture and hopefully you don't say forward. (laughs) Um, and, and if you were at a company that was like that, how did that affect you maybe personally? And I guess also professionally. Yeah, there was a time when I was in an organization where we had a leadership change and it was amazing Mm -hmm. how quickly that change drastically affected the culture. Oh yeah. Um, when that new leader came in, I didn't feel like I was, I no longer felt like I was known Um, I didn't feel like my skills or what I was contributing was valued and it just created such a tense work situation. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that we sensed that there was going to be change, but we had no idea what that change was going to look like when it was going to happen. Um, and so it just really created a really, um, a difficult work environment. Um, and fortunately it wasn't a long season. I ended up, um, um, moving on from the organization um, but it really did affect like you know, your day to day, um, how you, how you approached your work and whether it was a place sure. that you even were looking forward to coming to every day. And then I think I've been in other organizations where, you know, the culture wasn't bad, but it maybe wasn't as great as it could have been. Um, and I think right. part of that is just from a lack of intentionality and purpose by those who are leading the organization. So do you feel like a lot of the times well, at least in your situations, when it was bad, it really came down to the leadership or was it just the company culture in general? I have predominantly worked in some smaller spaces. And so I okay. do think that um, leadership definitely starts at the top and culture start, yeah. starts at the top. 
Yeah. Not that you can't um, influence culture regardless of where you are in an organization. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I do think the smaller company or organization, then you definitely have a greater, greater responsibility. I think those leaders have for the culture that they're setting. Is a belonging company culture something that's hard to find nowadays, or is it more mainstream than we think? Because I feel like, I feel like maybe it's, it's harder to find, but I could be wrong. I think that's a great question. I think it's hard to know fully what's happening, you know, out there. I think we hear tons of companies, you know, that have interesting culture or very intentional. You hear, you hear those big companies, you know, that do certain things that are get written up in articles and and such. But then you also hear about companies that just have um, horrific cultures, you know, that are unsafe, you know, where there's harassment that is happening. And then I think times we also think we might have a really great impression of a company, but then later on something comes out and you realize that culture really hasn't been healthy. Um, So I think it's really hard to know, you know, um, if, you know, what exactly is going on, but it feels like, um, as someone who consumes a lot of podcasts, um, and loves to, (laughs) and loves to think and learn about leadership, that culture seems to be something that is getting more and more attention and, um, is getting talked about in a lot of different circles. I mean, Mm -hmm. the fact that I can quote, um, Peter Drucker's quote, um, culture eats strategy for breakfast means that (laughs) it's definitely something that is being talked about a lot. Um, I, it still feels though that it's something that takes a lot of intentionality and purpose. And so I don't know if always these great ideas get trickled down into all organizations um, in places that we work. Do you have any examples? I know we talked about personally, maybe some bad examples, but do you have any examples of companies, maybe not that you've worked with, but just, you know, out there in general that are actually doing blogging culture well? Yeah, there was one that came to mind. Um, Michael Hyatt is someone who I've followed online for a really long time, so I've been consuming his podcast and reading his work since he was a solo entrepreneur. And so it's been interesting over time to see him as he's built his company, Michael Hyatt and Company. His business has been named to the Inc. 5000 list of America's fastest growing private companies. And so it's been fascinating to hear how he um, has just been building this company and some of the things that they do. You can go onto their website and read their values. Um, They're very intentional about celebrating as a team, um, having offsites, doing fun things. And so it's been interesting to observe from afar kind of what he's doing and how he's leading his company to great, great culture. So culture, I mean, we think about it in a professional sense, obviously, because it's a company thing, but it, it kind of, I think involves bringing in a personal side to something and you know, I guess that that's kind of a fine line <laughs> to, to toe, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm picking up on is the more human and personable you make your company culture, probably the better your company is going to be overall. I think any time that we can be our authentic self mm-hmm. in a work environment, then that's a place where we feel like we belong. I mean, really, if we can be authentic anywhere, right, we feel like right. we, yeah. we're, we're in a better, healthier position. So yeah. um, I think that, yeah, there are those boundaries between personal and um, professional things. But I think sometimes maybe um, it, it's great. It, we want to be able to be ourselves, right? And so right. Right. when we are trying to maybe um, – so I think when we are trying to fit in, we might put on a facade, 
and then, but then we're not really being our authentic selves. So I think the more that, um, we have spaces that we can be authentically ourselves, then, uh, our work is going to be better. We're going to trust Mm -hmm. our teammate better, our teammates better. And our, and our, our, we're going to be able to move faster and quicker as an organization. Right. Yeah, I agree. Now, do you have to be in a leadership role to foster a belonging culture? I don't think so. I think that, you know, ideally it would start at the top. Ideally we'd all have leaders who um, think about this and work on this and are intentional about how they're building culture within the company. But I don't think um, we all have to lead um, ourselves and we have to be aware of the influence we have about around the influence that we have on anyone around us. So Mm -hmm. I I think we all have a responsibility to create culture and we all mm. can help to build better culture, regardless of where we are in an organization. So I think we each have ownership and yeah. in the culture that we're helping to create. And it sounds like if you see there's a, a need, act on it. You know, don't yes. don't wait for permission. Don't, no. don't wait mm-hmm. for somebody else to do it. I mean, if it's something that you really see and feel strongly about, then maybe that's for a reason, you know, and yeah. you're the one who's going to start the change. If perfect example is my friend Erica, I was asked, talking to her about this topic and she said, you know, she, she doesn't um, have anyone who reports to her. She's a specialist in her organization, but she just mm. said, I make a point that, you know, when a new person gets hired, I always make sure they have someone to go to lunch with on their first day oh. because yeah. that for her wasn't always done right when she transitioned mm. to a new company. And so I think we each can do things that, um, we, we each can do things and see, how we can help to create better culture around us. Yeah. Now you're a manager in a couple of places. <laughs> you're a manager at Forward and you're also a manager at Africa New Life. So what tips or tricks do you implement for unifying your workplace and your teammates? I absolutely love leading a team and managing a team and thinking about how, how to do um, this better. And so I think it really begins with when you are bringing on a new team member you have an opportunity to create a belonging culture from the very beginning. And I think it starts with how you welcome someone onto your team. I learned this lesson actually, like when I was in the middle of a work transition myself, um, I worked at, um, I was hired to be an instructional assistant, um, for a very short period of time at the elementary school that I had attended. Um, I was going to be helping some kindergarten students learn how to uh, become better readers. And on okay. my first day um, on the job, I get to where my my areas, my desk is, my table is going to be at, and there is a card um, from the principal, and all of the office staff had signed it, welcoming me to the team, and there are also um, some small gifts, and I it just made such a profound impact on me. I was only going to be you know at the school for a short period of time. I think it was like two months. I was a low man on the totem pole. I, you know, I, I was an instructional assistant. Um, it was just a very temporary, um, transitional type of job, but, um, the effort and the intention was made to say you are welcomed and you're part of this team. Mm -hmm. And that really made such a profound impact on me that what does it look like to really welcome people into a new work situation, even if it's going to be for a short time. And so yeah. the things that I have done with the team that I get to lead is we have a welcome banner that we put up. Um, I make sure that uh, we have flowers on the first day that the person is there. And 
um, sometimes chocolate and a card and, and just really kind of trying to make sure that they feel really welcomed. I think also too, when you welcome people to your team, you also really need to make sure that everything is set up. Like, you know, are, are the, is the computer there? Is all the, right, do, they have, right. do they have all the supplies? And then the other thing we do is we always take our new team members out for lunch that day. And I really try to make the topic of conversation be a way that we can start to get to know that new team member in a different way. So, you know, the interview has already happened. We've already asked those type of questions, but how do we start asking personal questions and and getting Mm -hmm. to know each other better? Um, and hoping, hopefully they'll feel like they are, are belonging from day one. Um, and then another thing is that I feel like, you know, we sometimes kind of, um, think about these getting to know you questions as only happening, you know, at, at team building activities or, you know, certain times of the year. But I realized, um, in onboarding a, a, a team member, um, about two years ago, I realized that she was coming onto our team and we were getting to know her, but it, but she didn't have the opportunity to have all the information that we already knew about one another. And so mm-hmm. I, then I just culturally made a shift, um, we meet as a team, um, twice a month with even kind of our bigger department team and I facilitate those meetings. And so I just added questions once one question, a, a meeting, just that's, it's kind of a getting to know you question. And I really try to make it not silly, but like actually really something that we kind of would want to know about each other. Um, I also steal podcast questions from other interviewers. <laughs> um, I recycle those. I grade out questions, but just as, so we're kind of always getting to know each other, um, that way. Um, and then I think there's just other ways that you can get to know someone too. Um, um, we, as a, as a team have read books together. We just finished a book called the myth of equality. And then our entire office is reading a book called be the bridge by Latasha, by Latasha Morrison. And Hmm. so I think that when you're learning together, that's another way that you get to know each other better. Um, Mm -hmm. and then there's opportunities, um, to possibly serve together or, to have common, to go do a common experience together. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ways that we get to know each other and in our workspaces. So then another idea for how to, um, build a sense of belonging, I think it is that aspect of valuing one another. And Mm -hmm. so I think you've got two milestones in your work environments of ways that you can always touch on valuing someone throughout a year. So everyone has a birthday and everyone has a work anniversary. And so at African New Life, our, um, our tradition when it comes to birthdays is that at our weekly um, all-staff meeting that we have on Mondays, when it is time for someone's birthday, we go around and we each say something that we appreciate and value about the t- person whose birthday is That's coming cool. up. It is such a cool um, experience. I think what it does for you too is it not only gives you a chance to publicly affirm someone, but I sometimes learn something about my teammates that I don't realize because we all have Mm -hmm. different ways that we interact with each other, you know, and some of us work with each other in different contexts. And so I sometimes always walk away appreciating that person because I learned something that someone else shared. Mm. And then we have, you know, we've got work anniversaries, right? And so sometimes um, those, those, that's another great, great way to celebrate people. And a tradition mm. that mm. I have started uh, within our team is that um, we will, I, I will, it's like a one sentence that you finish. So I will say, um, African New Life is better because Carrie, and then you'd finish the sentence. And so 
African New Life is better because Carrie asks great questions. And so we mm-hmm. do that around each person's work anniversary, acknowledging uh-huh. how they've made the organization better. I like that. Yeah. And then I think another way that we value one another and we create a sense of belonging is that you celebrate together. So what does it look like to celebrate wins? Um, when you have, you've, um, you've accomplished a big achievement or you've finished a project that's taken a long time. And so I've, um, tried to do things like scheduling happy hours, um, making sure that, you know, everyone on my team can participate, even those who have children, so making sure we're kind of doing it within the end of the work day. Um, mm. And sometimes that doesn't have to include going out to a restaurant. Sometimes it's also included going out and having ice cream or going yeah. having, or having waffles. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to like celebrate wins. Um, but uh, we do those verbally um, on a weekly, on, we do those verbally during meetings, but then um, also try to kind of do it in a, when, it, when we've achieved an accomplishment or something mm. big has happened. Yeah. And then I think too, you've got other ways of celebrating your, your team members, which is like to recognize their other milestones. Um, whether it's team members who are having babies or team members who are getting married. Um, the scripture verse of Romans twelve fifteen says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who are mourn. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think when we show up for people, um, both in the good times and even in the hard times, um, we are able to say that, uh, they belong and they, and that we care about them. Yeah. And then a third um, category is just that idea of engaged. Do you feel like you are engaged in the mission and the vision of the organization you work for? And I think one way that we can help to foster a sense of belonging culture is to really just ask people what their feedback is and to have a culture of feedback and asking Mm. people for their perspectives, especially when someone is new to an organization, they actually have new eyes to see things that you maybe can't see as well because you've been there Mm. so long. And so one thing that I've started with my team is I do a 90 day review and it really Mm. is a 90 day review for them to review us as an organization. Um, and I, I, I stole that from Andy Stanley and, and, and his church. Um, Mm. And so it's really a chance for them to have new perspective and new eyes and to get feedback on things you may not be seeing. Um, I've also coined the term um, in the know amnesia. <laughs> I think there are times that when you are a leader, you know something, but you forget how you learned it, or you may even forget mm. who doesn't also know that information that you yeah. know. Yeah. And so I think it's really important as leaders that once We've, as soon as we've made a decision that the next thing we do before we move on to the next item or anything else is to ask ourselves either, in, you know, individually or as a team, if you're making, if you're on a leadership team making decisions, how do we communicate this? When do we communicate this? And to whom do we communicate this? Um, mm. Because I think that we feel like we belong when we know stuff and we're in the know about stuff. Um, And I think we can really create kind of um, a sense of isolation when it feels like there's things that are happening um, and that you don't, you're confused or you're, you're in the dark about stuff. Yeah. Well, I'll say, I'm going to praise you a little bit here. Are you with the celebrating Mm-hmm. you're great at it. Um, <laughs> when, cause again, we were both on the forward team yes. and we had a retreat at the end of last year and I got there after you guys. Um, and 
like one of the first things you did was you brought me a little bag of things for my new baby girl that we're going to have mm-hmm. soon. And it was just the sweetest thing. You know, I, I obviously wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just it meant so much to me. And I could just tell like you you like doing it. It was fun for you. And mm-hmm. so I, I applaud you on that. And I'm glad that you're bringing that team building to the forward team as well. Um, but but yeah, I mean, so it's something it's something like that. You know, it's just something easy and you know, it just shows the other person, hey, I'm I am thinking about you, not just in mm-hmm. a work sense, but you know, you're a person and you know, I want you to to realize that I'm recognizing that and you know, recognizing these big things in your life. So yeah, yeah again, applaud you for that and thank you again. I know I've thanked you a million times, but <laughs> that just yeah. that did. That meant that meant a lot to me. You know, I think you bring up a really good point too, that it is harder though, when we are remote, right. To, to yeah. mm-hmm. be essential about yeah. culture. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, I think Diane, you know, who is the founder of forward, she does a great job, right. When it comes to our birthdays, because she reminds oh, yeah. the rest of us of each yes. other's birthdays. Yes. Um, but it really takes intentionality. And I even, I have the, the privilege of leading a team that is predominantly all in the office. Um, I have one okay. colleague, one team member who is you know, in the office two days out three days, but mm-hmm. we have other colleagues that are remote. And so I even in like wrestling through what does it look like for me to be inclusive of when things I'm doing things that are, that affect our entire office, or right. even how do I build better rapport with people who I don't get to work with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I also then work with um, colleagues that are in cross-culturally. So my counterparts are in Rwanda and so oh, yeah. it does take intentionality, um, to, to, you know, I, I Skype with them and then I, I do have the opportunity to travel to Rwanda, um, twice a year, but, and, and when I'm there, it's just really trying to really kind of invest in those relationships. But it is, um, the, as we become more remote workers, I think yeah. that it creates a new dynamic about how do we create culture? How do we build culture and how do we feel like we belong even when we don't get to have those water cooler conversations uh, that probably Mm -hmm. have more historically happened in other time periods. And I love that you mentioned that because people maybe don't know that about forward (laughs) is that I feel like we're probably like a 50, 50 split. Half of us are remote and the other half are in Dallas together. And it does make it interesting, you know, to connect. And I feel like we've, we've all gotten to a good, a good place. I, Mm -hmm. I think we, we all feel like, a pretty unified team, but it is tricky. I mean, and, and remote working is getting more and more mainstream. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I think that is, if it isn't already, <laughs> I think it is definitely going to feed into kind of a, a obstacle in belonging culture and, you know, really figuring out, like you said, I mean, Skype and Zoom calls and, you know, all that stuff. Technology is great, but you are kind of missing that personal connection in a way because you're not actually physically there with that person. And, you know, it's, it's nice, it's convenient sometimes, but then there are times where, you know, I had a traditional job before forward and I do still sometimes miss, you know, you, Mm -hmm. you go to work, you show up, you sit down at a desk and, you know, to your left, to your right, you've got other people. So, you know, it's, it's nice. It's nice to have that culture. So yeah, I, I, I like that you mentioned the remote aspect of it. And I think that's something that we'll probably see in the future, um, you know, just how much of an impact that has on it. Yeah. I I think it takes intentionality and yeah. And resources, but Mm -hmm. it's really do it's doable. It just takes intentionality and resources. 
Um, mm-hmm. I've told, I've told my team recently I heard the quote, um, um, people don't quit jobs, they quit bosses. Um, Ooh, and so yeah. I, 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 told, I told my team, <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say that I've personally done that, but you know, it, it seems to, you know, resonate, um, as yeah. a way that, you know, if, if, if a, if a boss isn't great, if culture's not great, you're more likely to leave. So I've told my team, I, I've shared with them this quote and I said, um, my goal is that you would, when you feel ready to move on, you would move on, you know, because there's not always, you know, when you work in a nonprofit, there isn't always as many next step opportunities within the organization, depending on the size. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've said to them, I do not want you to ever want to leave because of how I've led or managed or the team culture that I've helped to foster. Like that, that yeah. is like a goal of mine is that that would never be the reason. Like, you know, people need to move on for lots of legitimate and good reasons from organizations mm-hmm. or from positions. But, um, I think as leaders, it's our responsibility that culture and how we lead would never be the reason for someone wanting to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, um, do you have any tips or anything? I know you've kind of talked through it a little bit, but any tips that anybody, cause like we've said, anybody can have an impact on this culture, but stuff that we can be doing in our workplaces to make everyone feel like part of the team, just, just something quick and easy. <laughs> One thing I think is just that you should just lean into your own giftings and wirings of how God has made you. So oh, yeah. mm-hmm. if you are someone who's of words of affirmation is just easy for you, then like lean into that. If you're someone who loves to bake and I have a college, um, an upperclassman I knew from college went on to work in the auto um, engineering industry. And, you know, she's mostly working with men, but I remember hearing that she was like the person who always brought in a cake for people's birthdays, you know, just a cheat cake. Right. But I was like, I remember thinking, Oh, Julie's really helping to foster like great rapport with her coworkers because she's recognizing that, you know, and that was just something she loved to do. Right. Like she loved to bake. And so I think that that's just what I would recommend is what, what are you wired to do? What is your gifting? What do you enjoy doing? What do you find effortless? Um, maybe you see that in how you are with your family and your friends, but is there a way that you can bring those attributes into your workspace? Um, and once again, I think that that's just us being more authentic. Um, and then also just even ask anyone questions to get to know people better. Um, yeah. another one of our team members, Julie, when she joined our team, she just, I realized every Friday she just started asking us, what are you doing for the weekend? And hmm. I, it was just a simple question, but it, it kind of became a tradition. We have a Friday working meeting, afternoon meeting that she would always ask us the question. And I realized I was learning more by just that simple question being asked. So I think we all have the opportunity. And then I have another um, colleague, Leslie, who bought these really fun um, certificates, like everyday certificates. And hmm. she has them on her desk. And so when you feel like someone has done something sometimes silly or something that they maybe even have been avoiding and they finally did it, you know, you kind of create a little certificate for them. So I think there's just things that we each can do that is, um, our own gifting. Well, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with before we go? I would just, um, encourage people to, to think about this and, uh, to read about it. And, um, a great resource, um, would be one person that comes to mind is Jenny Catron. Uh, she has an organization mm-hmm. called Foresight, and I know that she's been interviewed on the podcast. I think you said episode three, and so she yes, um, way but, back at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, 
And so Jenny, um, Jenny through her organization does some um, uh, group coaching around culture and uh, building team cultures. And so I would um, suggest checking that out. Um, but I think part of it is, is just, I think we sometimes need to slow down and just mm. think through what we, what, what we enjoy and we appreciate, and then, um, be intentional about creating systems and rhythms for that to happen in the places that we work. We're glad you joined us for this conversation about creating a belonging culture at work that helps unify your team. For more information about this episode, please visit our website, forwardwoman.org. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org. And then click on podcasts at the top of the page. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.